All right, gentlemen, episode 18. Roger that. And we're still managing to pull all of this off with very little sports. So congrats, boys. Yes, we are. We're getting close. We're getting close. So I want to tell you a little bit about my day today. Okay. Okay. And there's a reason for me telling you about my day today. I would assume so. (laughs) So I got up this morning. We went, we were going to do our baby registry. That's always fun. So we had to drop the dogs off and the groomer. So we drive down, drop them off. Since we were close. I drove to the smoke shop to get cigars for the weekend, which I'm fully stocked now, so be prepared. I walked in, touched the door to open it, walked in. I had to open the window myself to get my own cigars, shut said window after picking up said cigars, left, and then drove to Target, where I had to push open the door to walk in. They have automatic doors, you know? No, it didn't open. Oh. So I... Walked into Target, went over to the service desk. They gave me a scanner, hand me a scanner. So I then walk around the store fondling boxes and toys and baby shit, and I'm scanning stuff for the registry. Continue to walk around Target, go back to Target, go to the service desk, drop that off. We then go to Sam's Club. Did you put, like, golf balls and shit on the register? I, I was going to put something stupid on there see if anybody would notice. Like, I was going to put, like, an Xbox game to see if anybody would notice it. I would have probably bought it. I would it. notice and probably get it. <laughs> Damn it, I should have put it on there. They were, like, picked over, though. So then we went to Sam's Club, walked around the entire store, grabbed stuff, picked it up. We check out. Now, at Sam's Club, as you guys know, there's no bags or anything, so you put stuff in a cart. You just got to take it out to your car. So we check out. Load stuff into the cart, pull the cart away. They take our cart that we were using to walk through the store, just spin it around and put it at the register. And then I walk out of Sam's Club. The moral of the story, I still can't fucking pull the flag stick when I play golf. <laughs> Does anybody else see a problem with all of this? I mean, yes. you can as long as they don't see you, right? You, I mean, you pulled it for 36 holes on Friday. And for the, uh, for the record... When you first started that story and said you went to the groomer and touched the door handle, I knew exactly where you were going with that story. <laughs> I figured they would give it away, but I was, uh, I had a conversation with Jeff yesterday eating lunch. Mm-hmm. I had lunch with him, and I feel bad for him and Chris because we have a tournament this weekend. There's 76 teams playing this weekend. 82. Is it up to 82? Yep. Chris, had, Chris shut it off at 82. Wow. It's almost as big as the best ball. And the, the, it is, so that's yeah. why Ricky, Ricky and I were. They haven't had many teams today, in probably 20 years. Yeah. They, or more. And it, it only 16 senior division That's teams. correct. And so we got doom, two flights, yeah. send them out. That's uh, one hell of a skin pop. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome, though. I mean, I'm glad. I mean, I, that's perfect for those guys. I was really yeah. hoping. And yeah. you were there for the conversation. I initially, over a month ago, said, hey, yes. you guys should move forward to this because they're pushing back best ball. That's going to be the first tournament. People just want to play golf at this point. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. I don't know what tea time tea times go until, but. Franny called me. He's got the 2 o'clock. Okay, because the, the sheet I saw was down to 1230, and there was a second sheet behind yeah, it. Yeah, France so. had 2 o'clock, but if there's, that was at 76 teams. So if they're at 82, so, there's a few more tea times. Yeah. A couple more, but I, I feel bad for them because they are in between a rock and a hard place. And I don't want to get political on this podcast, but that was our one agreement. But we got people making decisions about all this. Nobody's on the same page. I mean, you and I, we went and played Corning the other day, and we couldn't ride two per cart because they claimed they didn't get the directive. They, they, they were told it was for state parks only. 
then Rupert told me, like, we didn't get it from the state. We got it from the health department. I'm like, well, they tell you. Yeah. No, they don't tell you. You have to go find it. I'm like. And if anything, that should be the opposite. A private club should be more relaxed because they are have, private. Are, yeah, it's private yeah. versus a place like we play that's open to the public. So it's yeah, just so a, we played a non-state course right. last Friday on road two to a cart. Right. And pulled flags. Yeah. And nobody <laughs> said anything. Yeah. Well, you did. <laughs> I don't yeah. care. We, uh, we, we did. We weren't we supposed did. to, but we did. I think. <laughs> right. Yeah. But I, I just, it's, it sucks. I feel bad for them because I just, I said to Rupert, I go, I don't blame you guys. I understand you're protecting your business. You got people taking pictures from the highway because they got nothing better to do with their life. You got people pulling their cars out in the driving range, taking pictures yeah. and you got to protect your business. But I would be, I mean, I, and I get it. I think Chris is, Chris has made phone calls and said, Hey, what's the deal? They supposedly they called this week and they told him no. Like who's making that call? Right. And why a flag stick? Like, why? Why is that your go-to? Like, no, you can't pull that. Yeah. When we've been told it doesn't live on surfaces more than two minutes, it dies under yeah. UV light in 70 degrees, mm-hmm. it's silly to me. Yep. So. It's like 90 today, so. My, that, my hope is there is no bullshit this weekend where someone claims my ball went in the hole. Yeah. I mean, I saw it with you the other day. Granted, our course has different flag sticks and corning, but yeah. watching you hit a four-footer and hit the flag stick dead center and not go in, it just bounced back out, and I'm like... It was in. I hit the the first one was a bomb that was moving too fast. Right. I hit the flag stick twice on the same yeah. hole, and neither of them went in the hole. We're talking a so, four footer dead center, and I went over because I was standing. It was on fifteen. I'm standing at the back side of the green. I walked over my yeah. putter and like pushed on the flag stick twice. Tried to like straighten it out, yeah. Yeah. and there was no. It wasn't doing anything. So then he hit his putt. I, and, yep. I think unfortunately, with eighty two teams playing two days in a row. You're good. We're going to have a couple examples of that happening, and I feel bad for them. Like they got to deal with that. Yeah, it, they, it would have screwed me the other day in that instance you're talking about. But they've got to just simply say it has to stay in the hole. Yeah. It has to be yeah. in the hole, sitting on the foam. Yep. And we're lucky just to be playing to a tournament, right? Yeah. If it goes in the side, hits the foam, and rattles out, sorry, it didn't stay in. Unfortunately, yeah. we. I think the three of us at this table hate that. Yeah. But they're going to have to. Yeah, and, and, like, I think we talked about it. I don't know if we talked about it on this or when we were playing last Friday. Is it hasn't affected me as much because I don't hit the – I don't hit pots hard enough. They just kind of fall on the front side, so it doesn't really mm-hmm. – it hasn't affected me yet. But, yeah, yeah, I could – I can definitely see the difference between Indian Hills flags and Corning flags. Yeah. There's a big yeah. there's a big difference there in those – Yeah, they got those thicker f- flags over to Corning, yeah. so. Yeah. And they're that harder – Fiberglass. Which we went over the stats yep. last week, and we proved that making it public flag in is actually harder. So yeah. let's channel into this. Adam wins our golf last week with Patrick, who I, I think know. finished what ninth? Uh, tied tied for seventh. Seventh. I did just pull that up. He was yeah tied for seventh with Bubba Watson at thirteen under, and he beat uh, the next closest was eleven under. The next closest among the guys we picked. In our draft. So he had Jordan Spieth, right? Yep. I so, had Sung J.M. and Justin Thomas. All three of those guys were at 11 under. Um, Can we not talk about where my guys finished? I, I didn't go <laughs> far enough down the list to find your guys. <laughs> there it is. Actually, you had both, yeah, Pol- Polter, saying, you had and, both Polter and Kisner yeah, at, seven, at 7 under. So that's not horrible. So, uh, so Adam won our snake draft. Crap. Oh, yeah. Adam owed me $5 for NASCAR the week prior that he did not pay up, and our bet was $10. So you owe him $5? So I'm, 
I'm forcing the issue and only paying him five. I like it. I like it. So I'll pay you ten. That's better. Does Kyle know about the? I don't know what bet it was. Russ owed me ten, and then we played double or nothing. Yeah, I didn't know about that. Yeah, then, that was the same day yeah. the golf cart went in the pond. That's, <laughs> that's I was true. busy doing that, <laughs> taking a yeah. golf cart out of a pond. Yeah, I, I lost that, yeah. that match by a lot. <laughs> so since we got flag sticks, I want to talk about this. You and I have already talked about it. Bryson DeChambeau. I knew where that was going to. I got to start predicting these so people believe me. <laughs> that was a good segue, and I predicted it. Huh, did you? Yeah, because you did a good job. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. Flagstick bullshit. We got to be talking about Bryson <laughs> next. Yeah. So Bryson uh, has put on like twenty pounds, ish or heard, more. I've heard rumor of forty. I don't know. It where. could be because what yeah, is he at now? There's no way that's twenty pounds. No. Where, where, no. where was he at now? Is he like two thirty nine or something like that? Yeah. So, yeah, the PGA Tour website has him at, like, 201 or 200. So he's put on almost 40 pounds. Okay. Yeah. I think since uh, the beginning of this golf season, it's 20. He started okay. to beef that, up, remember, last that, year before the Ryder that, Cup. That I can believe, I guess. Okay. Yeah. That, make, that makes more sense now. Yeah. So I think his swing looks like shit, and I just mm-hmm. – I'm going to go ahead and say it. There's no longevity there. No. And no pun intended. Are you? Is he hitting the ball a mile? Uh, yeah. yeah. Yes. There's no doubt Dude, about if, that. If he – I didn't. I didn't look up his driving accuracy last week. He he didn't hit a ton of fairways, but if he drives the ball like he did last week, this week, he will not score at all at no. Harbor Town. He can hit too, it in a fairway and be on the wrong side. It's screwed. Too, it's too tight. Yeah, I've played there. Way it's, too tight. You can be on the wrong side of the fairway depending on where the flag yeah. is. You can't just be like, "Hey, I want to hit the fairway here." You better try to hit a side of the fairway based right. on where the flag yeah. is yeah. there. To me, he besides bulking up to whatever he believes that translates for distance. He looks like he is swinging out of his goddamn shoes. I mean, a million miles an hour. Yeah. He's only worried about ball speed right now. His swing on the tee box looks like the guys in the long drive competitions. Yeah. The Remax well, long drive. It seems like that's what he's going for. It's cr- and, and you know what? He still doesn't have – it's still like only the fourth highest ball speed. I it think, looks violent. In the last yeah. 10 years. There, there's a reason those guys don't translate well to stroke play golf. Because there's that swing just doesn't. It, it, it's great for hitting the ball far. It doesn't work for the other facets of the game. But to me, he's still relatively young. He's only what like twenty four, twenty five. Yeah, if that. Something yep, like yeah, that. if that. And the the amount of torque that it looks like he's putting on his back and his knees and everything right his now. His ankle on follow through his shoulders. Yeah, he's going to run into injury issues and. Yeah, I agree. There's, it may work out short term. It, to be quite honest, if he can be accurate, it might get him a few wins this year. But right. I don't think it's sustainable. It, but he probably took five to ten years off his career, in my opinion, if he continues to play this yeah. way. They showed a clip of Rory talking earlier, and Rory said, "Yeah, I feel like I'm better when I'm lighter." And no. he mentioned a tournament earlier this year. He was around 155 pounds. Gary Woodland just lost 20 pounds. Yeah, to yeah. He, he played prolong his career. Same with Phil. Yeah, Phil. Phil did that. Like Phil, yeah, did the whole. Which he filed the trademark for the whole like coffee nutrition thing. By the way, I got oh, yeah. yeah. So I'm curious where that goes, and I'd like to try it because I need to lose 20 lbs. <laughs> I can donate them to Bryson if he really wants them. That's true. I got about a hundred he can have. <laughs> <laughs> so I looked up because uh, I was really curious. So so far this year, now granted, most of this has been they haven't been playing. Mm-hmm. So this year he. Uh, is averaging 323 yards off the tee. That is first on tour. His driving accuracy is at 60%. That's 121st on tour. Greens and regulation, 70%, which is 32nd on tour. 
Scoring average uh, so far this year is 68. That's only through 540 holes. Uh, 2019, his driving at, uh, was 302.5 yards. He was 34th on tour. His driving accuracy was 65%, which was 66th on tour. His greens and regulation was 66%, which was 113th on tour. And his scoring average was 70, and that was 1,296 holes. You got to factor in, I thought about this because there is a big difference in holes played so far. You got to figure you're going to play tournaments like majors that are tougher courses. You're going to have higher scoring averages. Yep. You could have a you could have a couple rounds where you shoot mid seventies and your trunk slamming and going home. I just don't think this is sustainable. Yeah. I really don't. Yeah, and it's and the, like I said, and I think I mentioned this. The only thing I can think of is his thought is you know if I get an eight iron or less in my hand, I am you know, 20% more accurate. So who cares if I'm in the, – because obviously these guys are strong enough that if they're in the rough by 10, 15 feet, like, yeah. it doesn't affect them as much. Obviously, can't spin the ball as much, but it doesn't affect them like it would affect us hitting out of five inches of rough. Now, do you it's, think – do you think his issues, if you want to call them issues with longer irons, mid to long irons, do you think it's – Contributed to a couple things. Do you think it's because one, all of his irons are one length, or and do you think it's? I, I don't think his swing is. I see. I think he would be more comfortable with long irons because they're yeah. closer to standard length. Right, you would think. <laughs> so his, so I believe his clubs, at least his irons, are built off his seven iron length. Yes, I think. But yeah, that was my first thought too. If anything, having one length, I would be more uncomfortable with the short irons. I would think, like yeah. you said, a, a four or five iron. Seem would seem normal. easier than hitting a pitching wedge that's longer. Right. So, I I don't know. I, I tend – I'm getting to the point where I don't – I don't agree with anything this guy does. I never and have. I, yeah. I, I. He seems like a good guy. Yeah. If, and for those of you listening, if you're not really familiar with golf, it's, you know, Bryson DeChambeau, he's a big-time physics, science uh, – geek i guess for lack of a better word that's a great way to describe it actually he tries to think about the scientific method behind golf big time his his clubs are all one length which nobody else does when the flag stick rule came out he was very vocal that he's leaving it in because the flag will whatever kill the inertia of whatever (laughs) and you'll make more i just proved that last week though right and now he's Decided to get fat because he thinks the ball is going to fly further. He's going to hit the ball further. <laughs> Don't sugarcoat it. I just <laughs> throw it right he, out there. He's decided to get fat. Yeah, he just right. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I don't first know. First time, when I first saw him, I mean, I'm a husky guy, but the first time I saw him on TV, I was like, this isn't TV putting on 20 pounds. <laughs> Who's wow. that guy? And did he eat Bryson? Yeah. Dude, yeah he, really. dude he must wear a double X shirt now, at least. He's, he said he went from. Medium to an XL. He went up two shirt sizes. Which is crazy. And yeah. What? And we're talking, yeah, like. Four months? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I, I just, I don't I don't think it's negative for guys to think about ways to improve their game. Obviously, it's not. But he just takes it so far to the extreme that, to me, it, it comes off comical. So, I think his issues with his mid and long irons is, to your point, his philosophy with the one swing plane. You know, everything's very straight and. All planes are on, you know, everything's on the same plane. I can tell you that that's not the case. Mm-hmm. That when you're swinging longer irons, you're going to, you still want to come on a somewhat of a similar swing plane, 
but your swing path needs a little usually needs to be a little more shallow with a long yes. iron. Yes. Yeah, just that, that's just natural. Right. And, and I, don't get us wrong. Obviously, he's what five time winner. It's been very successful. So, I will not disagree yeah. with that. It, so it's obviously working from him for him, but. It's not. I would whoop his ass in a chip off, though. <laughs> yeah. It, it's nothing to teach, I don't think. The, right, exactly. The thing with him is he he harps on it like he's trying to revolutionize yeah. golf and get everybody to follow his thought process. And to me, that's just not going to happen. And I, right. think, I, think Nicholas, I think Nicholas said it last year. There's a reason why like I didn't do that. Gary Player didn't do that. Yeah. Nicholas lost weight in himself. He, he tried to slim up like later in his career. I mean, yeah. am I? Tiger slimmed up. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Tiger has definitely lost some weight. Phil's done it. There's definitely other guys. So to him for, to go the other direction is just kind of yeah. And that's yeah. the thing. I think there's a, there's a difference between putting on the weight. Like I obviously he put on a lot of muscle. I don't know what they said. He's drinking like six protein shakes a day. I'll address that. Go ahead. But um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so obviously these guys are lifting. So it's not it's not the point of just getting stronger. Like he got bigger and. And we, have we talked about it? you swing entirely different. You know, if I put on like fifty pounds, I would have to swing differently but you're, you're, than what I do. Your body uses different muscles. Use fast twitch muscles. Yeah. Bryson did not put on forty pounds of muscle right. in the last no, year. No. You can't, he you didn't can't put on. You he didn't put on twenty pounds of muscle. At best, that guy may have put on two to four, maybe five pounds of muscle. And I can find you a convention center room full of people who will tell you the same if, thing. If it's all muscle, I want to see a picture of like Rory just chiseled. It's, I don't know how to respond. I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can Google not, shirtless Rory. I don't right want now. to see Rory shirtless. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think we were driving home the other day from the golf course and ESPN popped up. You, know, you packed on the muscle. I, like, instantly tweeted him. I'm like, he did not put on that much muscle. Take down your no. shit article. <laughs> Probably Kellerman right now. He's he's not. He's dumb, but <laughs> never mind. Um, but to the tournament, did you guys watch the tournament? I didn't on Sunday. I watched the replay Monday because, you know, I'm really, really busy right now. So. Uh, unfortunately, I did not get to watch a whole lot of this tournament. So I watched Saturday. I watched some, I think. And then Sunday I watched on and off. Well, we went up to my parents, but um, it was obviously everyone was packed in. It was it was exciting. It, it was it went from, but it, it was odd because everyone went from making like long bombs to the basically the tournament ended on two. Yeah, I had to write three foot misses. I had to like write it down. Uh, so Daniel Berger won, which he played pretty quiet the entire day. Yeah, then he rolled one in on like maybe sixteen. Yeah, somewhere in there, 15, 16, somewhere in there. Your old one in there were like, oh, this guy, he's been lurking all day. And he posted probably, what, an hour and a half, two hours before? Uh, probably. It was before close. the final group came in. It was, a couple, it was a few groups ahead of him. And then Xander was actually tied for the lead, mm-hmm. and he missed he, – I mean, that was that was awful. Yeah. That was, that was like the golf gods giving me the middle finger. That thing went in the hole and came back yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> so he bogeys 17, makes par on 18. And then Morikawa's on 18 with Daniel Berger staying on the patio watching him. He's got five feet for birdie. Doesn't even sniff the hole. Yeah. If he, I mean, he hit it. If he would have hit it harder on that line, it would have went in. And then he loses the tournament on a lip out on the first play. I'm like, yeah. yeah. And I and obviously you like feel you feel bad for Morikawa, and at the same time, Berger's probably thinking like, you know, that's not how you 
you want to win a tournament is right. a three foot lip out for par. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm he's gonna there's take like, it, but there's you know, like this much time where you feel bad. And right. It's yeah. like, yeah. oh wait, I just won a few million. Yeah. When, when he, as I say, when he's cashing that check, he, he, <laughs> he won't doesn't be worried about that. <laughs> and then Justin Rose on 18 left it a half roll short, dead center. To get to 15 and post yeah. right around the time Berger would have posted. And that's what they talk about a lot, obviously, in these tournaments is if you're, you know, five, eight groups before the final group and you can just post a score, mm-hmm. you put a number up there because you can't drop or gain any strokes. You, you're putting pressure on the field to, it's know, tougher to get to that number. Because if you know you have to shoot, I've been through it. If you know you have to shoot, yeah, you start doing some weird math in your head. Yep. yep. And then DeChambeau, back to this clown. He bogeyed 17 because he hit a sand wedge 170 yards. Well, maybe it wasn't as long as your 7-iron. <laughs> he air mail. It was his only bogey of the tournament, and then he he's out, he misses the playoff by one. Yeah. Oh, boy. I he mean, also yeah. averaged 340 up this last week. I mean, they were they were close to having, like, a five-man playoff. Yeah. It was it was a hell of a way to bring back golf. Yeah. But I was also, I'm glad. There's one person I'm really glad. He didn't win, but I was happy to see it. I'm glad Spieth played well. I really am. Yeah. Nope. I really. Geezy and I talked about that. Like, it, I mean, it was his home state. Like, yeah. You just want him to play well. It's I mean, good. he hasn't played well in what a year and a half. Once he's playing well, it's good yeah. for the tour. Yeah. Yes. And I saw a tweet the other day where someone said, <clears throat> "I knew Spieth would come around." This guy, Caddy's on tour. I knew Spieth would come around. He made some changes because he had one of the worst grips on tour. I don't know about you guys, but how if, if his. If your worst grip on tour wins you the Masters <laughs> and a yeah. few other majors, show me. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I just – I don't understand that. So, if he made a change and that's what contributed to his – I mean, it's whatever. But yeah. I'm glad to see him win. Uh, but I do want to stick with golf for two more things. All right. We're here. Three more. I lied. Oh, okay. Four, five, six. No, this is three. The first, real quick, was – you're counting these? Oh, sorry. Well – I sent you guys the tweet. Uh, ben Ben Taylor from the Corn Ferry Tour tweeted, "I was six yeah. off the lead and missed the cut." That's yeah. that's crazy. Yes. So, yeah. do you guys think that the Corn Ferry Tour needs to look into something? Like, if you're within like ten shots, isn't the PJ Tour like ten shots? Well, yeah. That's what when you sent that, I was trying to think. So I know like the Masters is because normally it's what I think they change it. It's like top sixty-five in ties. They did lower now, from seventy to like sixty. Well, I know like some majors, Masters in particular, I know for sure is it's no matter as long as you're within ten shots of the lead, you make the, even if you're ninetieth and you're ten shots back, you make you make the cut. Like there's yeah. no question. And I think a couple other tournaments are similar to that. I think it's worth changing. Yeah. 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 The, my quick answer is yes. I don't know. I don't know all the cut rules of the PGA Tour. I admit that, and I definitely don't know them about the Corn Ferry Tour. But anybody that's within six shots of the lead after, the, do they play four rounds in the Corn? Yep. Yeah. yeah. So anybody that's after or within six shots after round two, uh, well, I looked clearly up the, clearly has a chance to win the tournament. Yeah, and I looked it up. He was even par. Missed the cut. Yeah. So that, that means that that's six, ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Cause six I, under was leading the tournament, and twelve under won. And he was only six back. And that's just him. We don't even know. There were seven guys. Whether, or no, 11 guys at even par. Was there anybody at like one under that missed the cut? Yeah. <laughs> so so there were guys in even more stupid. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. Even even par was the cut. Oh, okay. okay. He was right on the cut number. Okay. He was cut. Not okay. even, I'm thinking I went the other way. Yeah, but. yeah. Yeah. yeah that, 
yes, that's stupid. Yeah, it needs to be addressed. Even at 12 under, there's nothing saying he couldn't have shot 65, 65, 66, 66, and right. win the tournament. 11 guys even par, so that makes that means you have 76 players instead of 65. Yeah. And if it's all if it's about the TV and getting, then okay, send those guys out at seven o'clock. Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, obviously with Corn Fairy, they're not they're not on TV. So no, not really. But they shouldn't have been. A, I don't, yeah, I don't get that. Uh, the other one was we talked last week about golfers being mic'd up. Fowler played with Thomas, who Thomas was against it, but Fowler was mic'd up. But when golf came on the air, the first thing that was come out of anybody's mouth <laughs> was Brooks Kepka reacting to Rom chipping in and said, "That's pretty fucking good right there." Yep. Yeah, and uh, it was <laughs> clear. It was like, it was almost like Kepka was wearing the mic. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that was a, an immediate reminder of why these guys probably shouldn't be mic'd up. Yeah. And with no crowd noise, it doesn't drown it out. Yeah. So, and I know last week we were we were talking about Justin Thomas's comments about not wanting to be mic'd up, and I thoroughly agreed with that. I will say that as a fan, I want everybody mic'd up, but I can understand why as a player you don't want to be right. Well, I mean, shout out to Adam coming through the Trulies. At so Russ last, did, did you say it on the podcast? You preferred the citrus, so because he loves lemon. I love lemon. Still do. <laughs> um. I love lamp. <laughs> so, <laughs> so when we first started going down this hard seltzer road, we went with the Bud Lights, Bud Light Seltzer. Yep. I think we've tried some White Claws, as girly as that sounds. Probably because your wife had them, right? Ain't no. Wink, wink. Yeah. Ain't, okay. <laughs> ain't no law when you're drinking the claw. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> there is. You don't talk about it. That's the when you're drinking law. the claw, you don't talk about <laughs> Rory being shirtless. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> So last week we tried the blue light ones, and I did not, I did not like any of them. They're meh. I've had the Corona. They're hmm. so. So I was telling my parents about the blue light seltzers when they got released in Buffalo, and so obviously we had them last week. And then go to my parents' house Sunday. My mom's like, "Come here, I gotta show you something." And I'm like, "Oh, well, did you act she, like you've never seen I, it?" I was like, "I was like, I was like, oh, I wonder what she's got." She opened the fridge, and I'm like looking. She's like, "I'm like what?" And she, I was like, I was like, oh, clearly you haven't watched the podcast. She's like, no. I was like, we had like a whole twelve pack on the podcast. <laughs> Speaking of which, can I get another one? What, what do you want? This Surprise time? me. Yeah, say so. Now we're on Truly. They have lemon, orange, lime, and grapefruit. And Adam brings a cooler. He did. <laughs> Grapefruit's the only one I'm not like excited about. But these so far, I've had lemon and orange, and uh, I'm grapefruit's I li- not. I bad. like these. I like these. These are pretty good. Yeah. I love lemon. Maybe we'll give the Coronas a try soon. I did. There were, there were. Yeah, you didn't like them. Yeah, they're, I don't know. They were a lot like the the blue. So, Southern Tier, I heard, is releasing or already did release some, but I haven't seen them. Hmm. I like these enough that I don't know if I need to stray from them. You gonna drink a lot of them this weekend? We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> nobody, nobody's saying no. <laughs> With the eighty-two teams, we're gonna have a lot of time to sit around and. Marcus is a terrible influence. Yeah. Uh, that well, he is. well, he just drinks bottles of Tito's vodka. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> Which I got to make sure I have some upstairs when he shows up. Nope. The last thing I have for golf is happy 50th Holy. to Phil Mickelson. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Big 5-0. Phil the thrill. So I, I've been uh, – this week would have been the U.S. Open, which we know Phil has mm-hmm. – it's one the one major that's eluded him. He's got – Four runner-up runner up finishes in the U.S. Open. Yep. If you just put that driver in the back, that one hole, he would have been fine. But. <laughs> I'm such an idiot. Famous quote, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, uh, 
I, I got looking into this and I thought, well, Phil's 50 could play the Champions Tour. I'm like, what are the <laughs> chances Phil actually tees it up in the Champions Tour? So before you could, so I watched, I think it was yesterday, the day before, they had a, it must have been yesterday. It was a special on him. No, so I watched, I saw a video. It was like an eight minute video, like Phil's like best shots from his career and like just some of the craziest shots yeah. he's hit. But there was one an interview and yeah. it said something That's about this is where like, I was going yeah, with this. It's like it's like will you play the championship? If I'm hitting bombs like this, I'm not playing. Because <laughs> <laughs> they asked him, Do you see yourself playing 10, 12, 15 tournaments on a champions tour? And with like the straightest face. He said, As long as I'm hitting bombs like I'm reading right now, I'm gonna keep playing out here. When I stop hitting bombs, I'll play out there. <laughs> it was basically the long or short of it. I like it. But uh, I've always been, we've all been, you know, Team Tiger. I've yeah. never been against Phil. But then I got really thinking about what Phil has meant to all of us growing up and just growing the game of golf. Phil was in the game before Tiger. Mm-hmm. And he, Phil's given Tiger credit for growing the game and making as much money as Phil did. And then I saw an interview with Ricky Fowler talking about, you know, what Phil's meant to him. They were talking about his birthday. And he's like, oh, you know, Phil's brought me in. I'm almost part of his family. I go to you know, eat dinner with him and his wife. And then he made, he said something that really stuck with me. So Phil has 44, mm-hmm. I think, PJ Tour wins. Yes. He's made over $91 million in his career. He's got five majors, the four runner-ups. He's made 82% of his cuts. So he's had 623 career starts, and he's made 512 cuts. That's pretty impressive. That's, a good, that's an impressive stat. And he's the first left-handed player ever to win the USAM. The other record he holds is he's hit 28 straight seasons. He's finished top 125 on the money list. Also impressive. Yeah. So then I got thinking about what is, you know, Phil, you know, gave Tiger credit saying, I would have never made this much money if it hadn't been for Tiger coming out here. And then I think about something. I mean, 44 wins, five career, five majors. He did all that playing with Tiger during that era. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, we watched Tiger literally dominate golf. Yes, and Phil still won forty four times in five majors. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah he he's put together a hell of a career. That's right, crazy, but so everybody, th- everybody forgot about him during the time because it, it was did. it was all Tiger for. And the media created this rivalry that probably didn't really exist. Yeah, um, I think Phil. <clears throat> excuse me. The best way to describe Phil for me, he, he's the Arnold Palmer of our generation. He's got that yeah. charismatic, just yeah. kind of happy-go-lucky, yeah. very, you know, yep, you know, fan-friendly. Dude, think about how many – I know I used to do it, and I'm sure you guys did is Phil hitting flop shots, and then you go out in the backyard and try to hit flop shots, yeah. and you tear up oh, your yeah. parents' yard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> – Yeah, I was reading things that Phil had has done over the years, like with equipment, like something, you know, he went to the 64-degree wedge. He was actually one of the first players to ever play the Pro V1. That was really not on the market yet. He was with Titleist, and then he made the equipment change. You guys remember the President's Cup the year? He made the equipment change the year he was paired with Tiger in the alternate shot, and he hit, yeah. hit that three one out of bounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. The clip of Tiger like real hard look, like is that it? is that against the fence? Yeah, that's against the fence. Tiger ain't hitting that one. And then uh, the, he did the two drivers, yes. and then the year he went to no driver at the U.S. Open. He had the yep. three wood bent to eleven and a half degrees. Yeah, the, the bomb three wood. Yeah. So. Uh, it's crazy to think that Phil could possibly play in a championship at any time. Yeah. Really is. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's interesting because I, I connecting the dots here on a couple of things. Phil, not afraid to tinker with his equipment big time, and I like that. You but no I hate way. when but I hate when Bryson does it. <laughs> <laughs> Phil doesn't try to put science. Well, I was gonna say Phil doesn't put science behind it, but yeah, he puts logic behind it. He has a thought process. Yeah, I don't yeah. think there's a lot of science. Yeah, yeah, that was interesting, especially during the match. Listening to him tell Brady, you know, what he should do and what what he should look for in the greens and and everything else. Yeah. I thought that was pretty. Neat. Oh, well, yeah, the shine and yeah. yeah. <clears throat> All right, I so, can't wait to get to this one. Wait, I got one more golf thing. Well, a question. Okay. question for you guys. Because they, they kind of talked about it on the broadcast Sunday, I believe. What is one of Tiger's records that he's had that is probably the most unbreakable? Obviously, he won four majors in a row. All right, I think I know the answer. So the, the, well, the thing they talked about is Morikawa has made 25 straight cuts or something to start his career. And Tiger had 142 straight cuts. That's not the he record. Made. What's that? I think I know what the record is. But go ahead. So, so what do you guys think his probably most unbreakable? Well, there, there's accomplishment. Yeah, accomplishment that nobody will probably break. Number of weeks and number one. That so that that's what popped in my mind first. <clears throat> and I think any of those three that we just mentioned, I don't think those will ever be touched. Impossible to touch that. Um, the cuts <laughs> would be. I think damn near impossible. That's what, it's, doable, it's more doable. Yeah, it's what, six, seven straight years yep. of just making cuts. Yeah. But the weeks at number one right now, as good as everybody is well, and as deep as fields are. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I forget what the number even was. It was. That's, it was a long time. It was 352. I don't, it was like six or seven We years, need our stat like, person to look it up. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wait, they're not here. <laughs> Especially when we, we've discussed before the world ranking system. How screwy it is! Yes, like specifically, we we're talking about John Rahm and how few wins he has. But yeah, he had a chance to be world number one there not too long ago. I mean, so what in the last year? There's been what four different guys I think at number one. Yeah, right. Around the, that. Time the break. thing with Rahm was he's never won a major, and the last person to be number one and not win a major, I think, was Luke Donald. Was the only okay. was the last yeah. person. So yeah, yeah, they are really screwy. We did talk about that. So I would agree with that. World number one. As soon as you said that, I'm like, I know where this is going. I know yeah. it's never going to be touched. Yeah. But I think the cuts made will never be touched either. Probably not. And, and f- even four majors in a row is. And Brooks can't, obviously, is kind of, but it's probably the, the uh, easier one. I was going to say, as tough as majors are to win, I think that's the most. Attainable. But yeah, out of everything we've talked about. And obviously, coming up, I, no one will ever touch his wins record, I don't think. No. It's going to be very, very hard It'll to be a long time. that. Yeah, it, I mean, someone's. You think about what? Well, besides Phil and Furyk, DJ's probably next at like 21, 22. Where's Rory at? I, I want to say he's like 15, 16. Yeah, he's I, less not, than DJ. Is it really? Yeah, DJ's. So. Besides Phil and Furyk, I think, I think DJ's. DJ, yeah, DJ's. And he's won 13 or 14 straight years on tour, and he still only has like 22. Phil, Phil in 22 straight years. And the record, I think, is 25 <laughs> or 26, and it was like Sam Sneed. That was one of the other stats that I saw today. Yeah, yeah. So it's, yeah. I don't know, it's crazy to think about. So while I'm, while I'm reading this quote, look up Rory's wins. I'm re- yeah, I actually I am really curious. Somebody looked that up. So there was a uh, this came out this week, and I couldn't wait to poke this fire with you guys. I think as soon as I saw the quote, I texted you guys. I'm like podcast tomorrow night. <laughs> and you both knew where I was going with this. So the Buffalo Sabers. Now I don't watch <laughs> hockey like you guys do. You guys are both big. 
The Buffalo who? Sabres. Oh, I don't know who they are. Before we get into this, Rory has 18 wins on the PGA Tour. Okay. 14 on the European Tour. 28 worldwide. So, eight, 18 on the PGA Tour to me is the big yeah, one. But isn't Tiger's record, or his total, isn't it worldwide wins? No, I think his is mm, the only no, PGA Tour. I that's PGA Tour. Is it? Because cause obviously they, I think they even said like Sneed was, they counted like three amateur wins. And they <coughs> said if you counted Tiger's amateur wins, he would already have it. <coughs> Tiger has 110 professional wins, 82 on the PGA Tour. So it is just PGA Tour. Okay. All right. Here it comes. All right. The re- uh, Buffalo Sabres released a statement earlier this week. Uh, so the decision was made after many candid discussions with Jason during a full review of our hockey operation. You're already getting pissed off over there, right? J- Jason's the GM, by Jason the way. Botterill, Sabres GM. We recognize we have philosophical differences regarding how best to put ourselves in a position to compete for a Stanley Cup, so we decided to make this change. Before you guys get on your rant, I did also read that currently the Sabres have three GMs on their payroll because mm-hmm. Tim Murray's contract expires June 30th. Yep. So, fire away. You said this was a 40-foot-long dumpster fire, so I want to I want to. I think you burn. said 40-yard. 40 40-yard, 40 oh. <laughs> That's because dumpsters are measured in cubic yards. Yeah, well. Right, Mom? <laughs> uh, my parents got a dumpster, too. We're just but. getting a dumpster to clean out their old house. <laughs> that wasn't like a random dumpster fact. <laughs> well, it was. But if you was. guys didn't know, now you do. <laughs> Uh, you want me to start or yeah, you? Because I'm gonna. I'll, I'll I'll just chime in. Okay, so so glad I got a full drink for this one. <laughs> so yesterday we saw the news that was preceded by that announcement. That wait said, before you get that. A week ago, we heard from the ownership, Jason Botto will still be with the team next season. That was a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. Yes, somewhere in that time frame. So the owners being Terry and Kim Pagula, who own the Buffalo Sabres, the Buffalo Bills, and they own the Rochester Americans, who are the Sabres' top minor league team. Uh, We mentioned that because they're going to come into the story also. Let's get deep. So Kim Pagula has somehow taken on, I I don't have her title in front of me, some sort of executive advisor or something with the Sabres. And it sounds like it's her way or the highway. On a number of things. But anyway, she came out, and I believe that statement was mostly Kim Pagula saying right. that Jason Botterill's job was safe as general manager. Yes. So yesterday, the news came out that they fired Jason Botterill. The more I think, we talked about this a little bit, but I, I actually don't like this. So they fired Jason Botterill, and in the same memo, they promoted Kevin Adams to general manager. What was his prior role? So Kevin Adams is a former NHL player. He's a water boy. <laughs> yeah. He's not the GM. He's a he's a former NHL player who was then hired. This was during the Lindy Ruff era, so this was probably ten years ago. He was hired as an assistant coach with the Sabres. After that, I don't know if there was anything small in between, but the Sabres also have what's called the Harbor Center. It's a building attached to their arena. There's a couple of ice rinks in there. They run hockey camps. They run instructional clinics, all sorts of things like that. Okay. He has been like uh, a business manager or something. He's got some odd role with. Like the business manager of this Harbor Center. Made up title to keep him around? Mm, Probably. 
not not linked to he's employed he was employed by the Sabers, but not linked to the inner inner workings of the Buffalo Sabers okay. team. He wasn't part of the day to day operations of the Sabers. Correct. Right. Correct. So a couple things here. It sounds like Kevin Adams and the Pagulas have been buddy buddy. Yep. So the Pagulas know that he is probably their pawn and whatever they say He's Kevin gonna Adams do. is gonna do. You mentioned having three general managers on a payroll. So <laughs> they just hired Kevin Adams, Jason Botterill prior, who was in some front office role with the Pittsburgh Penguins prior. And before Jason Botterill, it was Tim Murray, who was in a front office role with the Ottawa yeah, the Ottawa Senators. Senators. So this will be the third straight general manager for the Sabres with zero general manager experience coming in. Which isn't probably unheard of because a lot a lot of assistant GMs, but it, it, there's but no... assistant GM, you're, you you're still learning. Have some, right, you still yeah. have some. Yeah. I think, I think the whole situation, three GMs that have never been a GM in a six or seven year span... Is probably this is probably the first time in NHL history. Hundred percent. So, then we started hearing rumors that the Sabers were kind of in a cost-cutting mode, and which didn't make sense when, like you said, you've got three general managers on your payroll yep. and only one that's active. So then this list of names started coming out yesterday. Okay, this is where it turned from. Back up for a second. I think you and I were both. Happy with Jason Botterill being fired. I was going to ask, did you guys yeah. agree with the decision? So, I so, mean, there was he probably should have been fired last yeah. offseason. Okay. He, he has made some really stupid decisions that we don't have enough time to get into. So the fact that Jason Botterill was fired, I'm 100% behind that. I wish they had done a little bit more of an extensive uh, interview Search. process for his replacement. Instead of just immediately naming somebody, although that hasn't worked before, so maybe it's just a like within a, especially like a week ago, it was he's yeah. safe. Yeah, yep. And so as you as you say that, so I have a buddy who's a huge Toronto Maple Leafs fan, who's huge rival to the Sabers, and he even texted us yesterday. Me and my other buddy, um, and he's like, I'm starting to feel bad for the Sabers fans and players because there's no reason they shouldn't be a playoff team by now. Right, yep. they're that. They have the talent there. They're one of the, if not but, the best player in the league, correct? Right. Jack yeah. Eichel. I mean, he's probably he's, top he's, five or ten yeah. player in the league, and yep. they just don't help him. Yep. Um. So the one thing the so the Sabers haven't made the playoffs since 2010-11. So nine nine straight seasons without a playoff berth. The one thing they, they have they haven't been real close either. No. The one thing they have done good is. Developing young players in Rochester. So Rochester, their top eight, top minor league team in the AHL, has actually had a couple of really good seasons under Coach Chris Taylor. Yeah. So that was the one promising thing, that whatever they were doing in Rochester was working to, ve- to develop these young players. It just hadn't 100% translated to the NHL level. Now, are they sending these kids through the pipeline to Buffalo, or are they trading them off? And For the most part, they're – either coming to Buffalo or, quite frankly, they've been stuck in Rochester too long, in my opinion. Yeah, and then which when they is, come up, they're just not they, – it just doesn't translate well. How they get from Rochester to Buffalo, in my opinion, is another issue with Jason Botterill, and that's why I'm okay with him being fired. Got it. Russ Grinnell for GM, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so, 
You heard it here first. So, all right, general manager fired. And then we started hearing a couple more names. A couple? And then, as of this afternoon, so this was all yesterday, we hear of Jason Botterill being fired, the general manager, Randy Sexton, and Steve Greeley. Both of those are the assistant general managers in Buffalo. Randy Sexton also worked a dual role, so he was the head general manager for the Rochester Americans. Okay. So, general manager, two assistant general managers, and I won't bore us with all the names here, but director of amateur scouting, assistant director of amateur scouting, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten amateur scouts, one pro scout, amateur scout meaning they're off uh, scouting junior players that haven't been drafted yet. Uh, so one, so ten amateur scouts, one pro scout, two player development coaches. I assume at least one of those was in Rochester. Yeah. Rehab and development coach. So one of the guys that's helping after injuries and such. Chris Taylor, the Rochester Americans head coach. Gord Deneen and Toby Peterson, the Rochester American assistant head coaches. Who were being, as you said, they were that, being, they were successful. They were successful yeah. down there. And two, one, uh, there's been so much turnover now. One or two seasons ago, the Sabres had a head coaching fire and interview process, and Chris Taylor was one of the leading candidates to come up to Buffalo. Right. So a year ago, you were considering him for the Buffalo Sabres role, and now you're firing him and, from your top minor league. And team. I forget... Rochester actually played pretty well last year. They were near the – I think they were near the top of the AHL. Yes, they were. Yep. One, two, three, four, five. Six, I think it was seven, like – It was like 22. It was – 22. 22 people from your front office fired within a 36-hour span. Now, are these jobs posted on Indeed? <laughs> so <laughs> Just asking for I a mean, friend. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it might be there. They did update their their front office page on the website. Oh. The Sabers did, and there was like six people remaining. I was gonna. Did you sure it wasn't like the four hundred four error? Like page <laughs> yeah. not found. Yeah. <laughs> Please check I've, back later. Yeah. I've never heard of this Dude, no, big of a massacre of firings in one day in any pro sports franchise. So what's odd to me is. Based off what you're saying, with the you know they they were struggling in Buffalo, successful in Rochester. I I could I could understand a uh, clean house maybe in Buffalo, but after this many years of not making the playoffs, not even being close. So but. that's the thing is they've had, and obviously we don't know the inner workings of Botterill and trades he's tried to make and stuff. But you you almost feel like they're one or two trades away from like being mm-hmm. there and they just don't don't make the do move. it. Yep. Yep. It like I said, we don't know if they tried and they just didn't it didn't didn't make it happen or what the deal was. Yeah. So two more points on this and then I don't know, I'll let you go if you got any more you want this to talk about. Burning, I love it. So let's see. That was eleven total scouts, director of amateur scouting and assistant director. So that's thirteen the draft is coming 13 up. scouts, and that's where I'm going with this. The draft is coming up. Who's scouting? They, they didn't put a – they haven't put a date on it yet, but within a couple months, you've got a draft. So you've got a new GM, and he now has no no scouts. 
Yeah. So, so where's I mean, he going to get input for? I mean, I mean, you literally pull up, pull up TSN website and say, "Yeah, yep, this sounds you good." You go by their <laughs> rankings. I, I don't know. And maybe that works better. I don't know. <laughs> it might work out. The biggest thing that this is a rumor. Well, hopefully, they get to like top three picks, and the, the pick is easy. Yeah, the first round <laughs> pick should be easy. But beyond that, I don't know what they're going to do. The biggest thing that I thought was a shitbag move is, and this is a rumor, so I don't know if this is true, but. The first move they made was firing Botterill and promoting Kevin Adams. Yeah. The rumor is they then made Kevin Adams sit down and fire all these people. As his oh. first his first day on the job was to fire 21 other people. You're the I mean, new GM, and I here's mean, your new... That's if, a good way to see if he's got it all in the bag, I guess. <laughs> but nah. that's, a, that's, if, a, if that's, that's terrible. If, if that's, that's true, and the yeah, Pagouls don't have the guts to call these people themselves, then yeah, that's, that's just terrible sell if that's the team. True. If, that, if that's true, that's... Just crazy to me. I mean, that's like just getting a job, and then you're like, you're like, hey, you're the line manager out of this plant, and then all of a sudden it's like, hey, you need to fire these thirty people today. Yeah, let them know they're done. <laughs> yeah, like, you know what's weird to me too is you tell I'm hearing all this stuff about the Sabers and how unsuccessful they are, and then the Pergulas they put some money into the the area, right, the arena and everything out in the downtown area for the yeah, Sabres. Oh, a lot, a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. They've they've helped develop downtown Buffalo, not just. Not just the Sabres facilities. Yeah, and, and that and that's why they've talked about obviously potentially moving yeah, the Bills, Bills Stadium downtown, things like that. Because they've got Which I disagree with. I, I do too, but there's but there's they've done a lot to downtown. Which is weird to me is um it's my it's my barber texting me. I don't know if I need a haircut. I don't need a haircut. I think you're good. No, no you're I good. Cut my own hair. Quarantine cured my hair. What's weird to me is how unsuccessful you got the Sabres, and Grant, different sport, but how successful the Bills have become since they took over. Mm. Yeah. It's crazy. It's like night and day. Yeah. To me, that shows they're putting all their efforts into the, the Bills. And, and think about it, there's what? There's probably a three-year difference from when they bought the yeah. Bills yeah. after yep. they bought the Sabres. So they I bought the Sabres first. Correct. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. I think that's a lot of people's concern is that the Pagulas are focusing too much – I shouldn't say too much because you have to focus time on them, but they're they're not splitting this up fifty fifty with the amount of time they focus on their two franchises. Now, yes, you own the Bills too; you want them to be successful, but you also own another couple hundred million dollar value franchise right. that you probably shouldn't ignore either. You should probably find a GM you trust. Yeah, so and maybe an assistant or two GMs. Yeah, and, that, and that's and going back to Russell, like, and I, I obviously we can't judge Kevin Adams now, like. He's literally been on the job for 24 hours, but... Mm-hmm. He's it, almost as fired a one person per hour. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's it, it's tough Poor to... Pastor. I mean, you, yeah, you can't judge it, but at the same time, yeah. did Should they have done a search? Maybe. Yes. I, it hasn't worked before. They haven't done a good job at doing searches before, so maybe this is the way to go. I, at I, most, I feel like their search could've... lasted a week because you just said a week ago they said his job's safe. Yeah. I think the uh, this went from like okay, I'm happy Bottle's gone. That's going to be a good thing. To holy shit, the whole front office is gone. <laughs> now <what laughs> who's making do? decisions? And the thing is, I mean, I, social distancing in the office, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Ra- so Randy Sexton and Steve Greeley, the two assistant general managers, immediately some of the bigger analysts in hockey have said. These two guys are not going to be on the open market long. Yeah. They're going to be hired by somebody, either as an assistant or potentially a full-blown general manager. So I know a lot of 
I was Sounds like the Twitter guy from Rochester could be a, find yeah. a coaching job yeah. in a hurry. Sexton. Yes. Yeah. A lot of people are wondering why Sexton wasn't hired as yeah. a GM. So I would feel, with Kevin Adams having no experience, I would feel way more comfortable with him taking over this role if Sexton and Greeley were kept on to help him. And, and I, I, I did I hear know. Kevin, I forget the guy's name. So Kevin Adams is big on their head analytics guy mm-hmm. in, the, in the front office. But, and I think a lot of teams are moving, obviously moving that direction with analytics and everything. But just because you're big on them, we'll see if it works, I guess. I don't, I don't know. It's, it, it's, cause I, I feel like they're, like I said, they've, they've got the team. And as we were texting yesterday about this, but they've got the team. But is it, I mean, I don't know how many, I don't know how many free agents they have. Probably eight. It's quite a few. Eight or 10 free agents they have. Like, we talked about, like, do you just let them all go and just yes. kind of start over? Right. You know, it. like, what what is the plan? Because you've got a good core of, mm-hmm. I'll say, four guys maybe. So. Being Darlene, just Reinhardt, Skinner, and Eichel. So to support that, this hockey page I follow on Instagram, NHL discussion, you know, just like us, all these kinds of pages are trying to find shit to talk about right now. So they ranked the NHL teams in order for their prospects age 24 and under. Sabres got to be near the top. Uh, the Sabres were number five on that list with Eichel hasn't turned 25 yet. So Eichel, Darlene, Dylan Cousins, their first-round oh, pick yeah. last yep. year, and then Henry Yokiharyu, the defenseman they got in a trade from uh, Chicago last year. So take that for what it's worth, but this one – Hockey analyst site has them ranked in the top five as far as core players under the age of twenty four. They got potential; they're just not. Yeah, yeah you so put, like I said, I, we they're probably a trade or two away from being. Got to put people around a them decent yeah. team. They haven't voted yet, but I guarantee Jack Eichel will get some Hart Trophy votes this year for this past season yes. for league MVP. Yeah, so that's how good of a season he had. And then, bye bye front office. <laughs> Complete and, and I believe I didn't read the entire interview. I guess I'll call it with Eichel, but he kind of threw Bottle under the bus last week in their yep. when they cleaned out their lockers. Do you think that had something to do with him getting fired? Was that comment I made do. after? I I think it I think it was made after the Pagulas made the comment yep. that he was yep. safe. So after the Sabers were eliminated from this new playoff format when that became official. The yeah. players had their locker clean-out day, which they always have at the end of the season, and that's kind of the media's last chance to interview them. It's almost a, an exit interview for the season. Yeah. yeah, and Jack Eichel, and quite quite frankly, I don't blame him. He he didn't hold he didn't hold back uh, his displeasure with the organization. I think what? this was his fifth season now. They haven't sniffed the playoffs. He's a Top five, probably, definitely a top ten player in the league, and he voiced his win. frustration. And I don't blame him at all for doing that. But yeah, there are rumors that the Pagulas really read into that. And I mean, you ha- if your top your top player and top five ten player in the league is frustrated with your GM, I mean, you, you keep the GM you, or you keep the player, right? Exactly, yeah. you keep the player. The GM's not. I mean, they do work, but he's not. On the ice, winning you. He's more replaceable than that player is. Correct. Yeah, hundred percent. Absolutely. You feel better? I felt like it was a therapy session. I don't think he's done. I'm. 
<laughs> I'm glad we going. talked about it. Do I feel better? No. <laughs> <laughs> like I, said, I hope they have like a top two or three pick because so, it'll make that first round pick much easier. Yeah. So I think right now they are seventh in the order. They haven't had the lottery yet. If they could, there's two big time prospects we've talked about before. If they could somehow, you know, win win this lottery and get one of those top two yeah. picks, it's it's big. Very big for this team, but and I, they got plus with Cousins. Yes, should make the team this year. He should be on the team. So, and he's kind of a lot of people are kind of calling him Eichel two point Right, he's potentially that good. So he's Eichel's cousin. God, <laughs> I'll let you touch that one. <laughs> Next, okay. <laughs> so I wanted to. Uh, we talked about sports restarting last week. The NBA stuff. Again, not getting political. But Kyrie Irving came out this week and said that he doesn't want to play because the whole Black Lives Matter movement, yada, yada. You know, this is all I'm going to say about it. Matt Barnes, did you see that? No. Video? He did, no. An, he, uh, did a video with Steven Jackson. It surfaced this week. It was like a, I don't know if it was like a Zoom call or I think it might have been like a Facebook Live thing where you could call in and did it. He said the only reason Kyrie Irving made those comments was Kyrie wanted to go to Orlando to support his team, and they told him no because he wasn't going to play, so he flipped the switch, and then he went with this avenue. So that's all I'm going to say about it. He was was injured, correct? Yeah. That's why, why, right? Him and uh, Kitty were not going to. Kitty said, I'm not playing this year. Right. But to stay with the NBA, I read that the – Teams' locations to stay in at Disney World were dependent on their ranking. I heard that, too. What? Yeah. You didn't hear this? Who's staying at the Red Roof Inn? So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Bates Motel. <laughs> I stayed at Hilton Inn Express last night. <laughs> yeah. At the six are staying at the, uh, you know, by the hour hotel. <laughs> so, the, the Grand... Dustino is the Bucks, Lakers, Raptors, Clippers, Celtics, Nuggets, Jazz, and Heat are staying there. Wait, so, I mean, Disney World's not open. They should have just put them all in the, like, themed rooms. Like the Princess Castle. <laughs> you put LeBron in there, right? Yeah. You want to incorporate LeBron? Yeah, I've been trying to find a way to get him okay. in there. Yeah, I appreciate the help, though. The Thunder, Sixers, Rockets, Pacers. Mavs, Nets, Grizzlies, and Magic are all staying at the Grand Floridian. Why can't the Magic just stay at their house? That's true. <laughs> I mean, they could have saved. Question. They could have saved like fifteen rooms, I guess. The Blazers, Kings, Pelicans, Spurs, Sun, Wizards are playing, staying at the Yacht Club, and this place does look like the by the hour hotel. By the way, <laughs> Disney, it's got like a fake windmill. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like all the rooms lead to the outside, which usually your first indication it's not a very nice place. <laughs> Um, That's the place I just keep driving by. They they had some I don't know they had some weird. They have everything on like the parks. So I've read the park is open to the players, like the amusement part of it. They're gonna have entertainment. Yep, ping pong tables. Video, you know they got you can play PlayStation or Xbox whatever they're gonna be doing. And then the weird one I read was about the uh, they're gonna play cards. Like, well, we can't social distance, really, when we play cards. So they're going to change the deck out in between sessions. Now, I don't know if this means, like, in between hands, there's going to be a brand-new deck, and they said there's going to be su- sufficient amount of decks to do this. <laughs> oh, my God. If you're all being tested, and you're all negative, and you're all in the same room, yep. do we really need to change out the deck? 
Right, and and right, they are, and the NBA already said it. If you test positive, they're not canceling the season. They'll just seven day quarantine. Yeah, even two seven weeks. day. Yeah, so it, <laughs> hey, this is getting ridiculous. I can't wait to hear where the NHL teams are staying in Vegas. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm surprised they haven't announced those cities yet. Yeah, yeah, that is weird. Yeah. There's no. Ben, I, I no shouldn't say staying in Vegas. So we don't know yet, but yeah, that's just been our, assumptions. Been our assumption, but they have not. And you know what happens when you assume. I do. You can go ahead and finish your dad joke. <laughs> I think everybody knows. All right. I'm good. And then our prediction was baseball was not happening just because of the whole the petty back and forth. And then today it said yeah. the MLB proposed something that they already promised at one point and then rescinded earlier, like in March, was full prorated salary. Mm-hmm. So they want 60 games in 70 days, start the season July 19th, 20th, yep. full prorated salary. Expanded playoffs and waiving any potential grievances. I was trying to find. I I don't know if I took a screenshot of the differences and the offers that the players' union and MLB made. I don't think I have it. I saw somewhere. So that being sixty games, so they're full but prorated salary for sixty games. There was like eight players or something that would be losing over twenty million dollars based on what they were supposed to be paid this year. If they don't get the full prorated? If it is prorated. So you, so you take your full salary and prorate it for 60 games, which right. is only okay. yeah. What's that? A third. Yeah, about a third. But didn't we talk about isn't baseball money all guaranteed? So we've, Or a good chunk of it? We've talked about that, but I kind of think I, that's I don't the three of us it, just yeah. talking about it. I, I, don't, don't, I, don't, I don't think it. Obviously, this is a totally different situation yeah. than like. We need to dig into that. In, in general, happens. yes, baseball money is guaranteed, but in a scenario like this, I don't, I, I don't know. It sounds, it, it sounds like no. Yeah, because it's almost like they're in a strike, right? It's yeah, yeah. And, and that's and I, I don't, I, don't, I probably won't have the numbers right, but in the two, the MLB has made two offers, and the players' union has made two offers. The player, the MLB went up like point two billion dollars. And their offer, which sounds crazy, point two billion, but and the players' union came down like point eight billion. So they've like, but they're still like not close. They're still like fifteen billion away from each other. Like it's not even close. But they're but the players are like, well, I think they they want to play, so they're willing to. But I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't have a side on this. So it's, I think it's a talk. I, I just want to see baseball. It's billionaires fight with millionaires is what it is right now. Right. Yes. And it's if baseball's not happening right now, it's, it's not because of the virus. They have not I haven't seen anything where they've really were concerned about our safety. It's been all money. Correct. That's been their argument with the players. It, it's basically yeah. turned into another like a collective bargaining agreement. Yeah, this is yeah. this is argument. this is a half percent about COVID nineteen anymore and it's ninety nine point five percent about what money you want. They should be back right now doing training camps. Yeah. They should have been back weeks ago, just like everybody else. And the other thing I thought about today is... I, what the... I forget if it was just New York State or what, but as starting... I forget what the... Like, July 10th or something, I'm going to make up day. Youth sports can start sports like baseball, July softball. 6th. Yeah. So they're allowing youth sports to, like, start this stuff in a couple weeks. Yeah, July sixth, and, and MLB can't figure it out. Everybody else is back, getting ready to go. They're starting their, you know, their 
working out and stuff. Baseball's not the players aren't even working out in camps or facilities right now. Right. So it's it's definitely become not a safety issue. It's a it's a money issue. Yep. And which I thought about the other day was before they even came out with a plan for the NBA. Now, granted, the NBA had started the majority of their season; they were almost done. So the players didn't really complain much. Yep. But Same. they did stop paying the players or took a huge pay cut, if I remember, back in May, middle of May. Yeah. They took a big pay cut and said, we're just, we can't make any payments. I didn't see any of the players really complain about that. Right. Yeah. And, and like, yeah, they're, I mean, what, 90% through their season. Right. So it's a little, yep. a little different situation. It is a little different, but. I mean, these guys, if, if you don't have money to live on as a pro athlete right now, like, you're doing something wrong. If, Cle- you're, if, you're, if you're at the MLB level, yes, you're doing yeah, something wrong. Yeah, you've, you've done something wrong. Even the low-tier guys who might be making half a million dollars a year. I think I think I read the other day that uh, the MLB minimum salary was like 512000 It keeps going up. So, I, so I on the NBA is like the highest. Yeah. So on this thing, talking 60 games – 60 divided by 162 is 37% times 512,000. Those guys would still be pulling in just shy of $190,000. So every player in this scenario is going to be making at least $190,000. So if if you can't live on that yeah. over a three-month period. Yeah, and I'm guessing obviously, yeah. if, if you're smart enough, I'm guessing if you're making league minimum, you're not buying a $3 million house. You're probably, you know, you're buying a, Half a million dollar, obviously something nice you can live in easily. Yes, and I, yeah, I just don't get it. These guys that are losing like ten, twenty million dollars, you got to assume there's something in the back end of this that owners are having conversations with them and saying, "Listen, you know, we can't do it this year. Yeah, we'll make it up to you down the road. Well, in a bonus or something. Yeah, yep. you know, at some point, just almost and, like a signing bonus. Like I assume just, all these guys are. Well, obviously not everybody, but mostly that are making. Sponsorship money still, right? I, I I assume they haven't canceled that. Has there been any big big names like the Trouts or anybody that said oh, we don't want to play because of this? No, I think everybody wants to play. So that makes what that's even more makes me think that yeah. there's been conversations on the back end that hey, we know we agreed to this, we'll make it up yeah. to you. They're gonna check for like a signing bonus, call it what you want. A couple things that annoy me about this. Mike Trout, in my opinion, is easily the best player in baseball. And by the end of his career, could go down in the conversation of best play- baseball players ever. Correct, yeah. And he's, he's certainly probably going to be top three or five. Yeah. And we're being robbed of a season of his in the prime of his career. So that sucks as a fan, not being able to watch that. Yeah, right. And that's the thing. It's not. He's only been in the league, what, four years? But he's... 27, 28. Just signed a big contract, too, didn't he? He's, um, he's older than most guys because he he didn't get drafted until he was, like, 22. Yeah, that's so, late. So he was he was older than most guys when you normally get drafted as a, as a stunt. Right. Not sure I agree with that. But, all right. What, what, what part? That he's only been in the league four years. He's been in the league longer. It's been that long? Yeah, yeah. Either way, so we're being robbed of potentially one of the greatest baseball players ever in his prime. And a guy who has fallen off, certainly, but a guy I've been a big fan of is Miguel Cabrera, yep. who is already a Hall of Fame player. 
He's won the Triple Crown. He is definitely in the conversation of best Hitter. right-handed hitters, probably best hitters we've ever seen in the sport. Right. He, like I said, he slowed down, but he is still on the chase for 3,000 hits. And to me, if he comes up 50 hits short of 3,000 at the end of his career. You look back at the season. Because he got robbed of 100 games this year, I, I think that'll suck. That, so another person I thought of was Pujols. Pujols is like one of the top players probably yep. of all time as well. And yep. getting near the end of his career and he's not playing. You know, when, when you get in your late 30s, early 40s, it's not about how you feel anymore, you know, like in your 30s. You're... It's more of age taking over and like, hey, I can't do this because of health anymore. It's not because I just don't want to play. Yeah. Or you take the – I mean, a lot of these guys do come in the league young. You take the Jeter approach. Yeah. I think Jeter could have still healthy enough. I mean, he had, he had a couple injuries at the end of the, his, you know, his career. But his thing was, I just – I want to enjoy my summers now. I've been doing this for 20 years. I want to start a family. I want to not spend my summer playing baseball anymore. I'm ready to do, go, go do those things that, like with a family. Isn't it always summer in like the Caribbean? He lives in like Florida, but it's always summer. Yeah. So Cabrera is he must be 37 years old. He's got 2,815 hits, so he's 185 so away. He's probably a, a season and a half. Last year he had 139. Or one good hits. season. Right. Yeah. Last year he had 139. Uh, the year before was injury riddled. The two years before that, he had 117 and 188. 117 was shortened with injuries also. So if they come back for 60 games and he has 45 hits, that puts him 140 something away. And then he'd say he has one good season left in him, and he's got it's going to be 120. It's going to be damn close. Yeah. He could realistically end his career within, like, 25 hits of 3,000. Yeah. And that will suck that he got robbed of these 100 games. Is, is Pujols close, too? He's got to be close. He's away. I think – He's got to be, like, uh, four or 500 away. But, I mean, he's still got four years on his contract, probably. Yeah. But, yeah, he's another guy that's, you know, all the entertainment he's put up in his career. I mean, think about what? It's probably been eight, ten years now. Since he was in St. Louis, but he was, you know, he was one of those guys you, so Pujols, when he came into yeah. bat, he was, you yeah. watch him. Yeah, Pujols, Pujols is, he, is over 3,000. Yeah. Oh, he is? I was, yeah. thinking, I, I was thinking, thinking that. that, yeah. Oh, okay. He's at 3,200. I, I thought he got he it, had, yeah. Yeah. I knew he was getting close. Home runs, he's getting close to six. Maybe uh, he just got six. I just so. closed tab. I got to check Mike Trout. Did you guys watch the McGuire Sosa documentary? No, but I... I've, I, I have it recorded, but I've heard mixed reviews, so I don't know if I want to watch it. I want to watch it because – did you, you didn't watch it yet? No, I didn't watch it. I want to watch it because – were you Team McGuire or Team Sosa? McGuire. Uh, so, Almost I was – so, this sounds weird. I I think I enjoyed the whole thing. My dad's a big Cardinals fan, so obviously he was McGuire. I, I think I just, like, wanted Sosa to do more just because make my dad mad, but, like – I, I I don't know I I didn't it was hard to I don't know I didn't okay. I didn't have a I was a big McGuire fan because of my brothers my brother was a big McGuire fan kind of passed along that you know so Trout's had likeness eight full seasons plus a partial he's been in the league nine years oh, okay you're close Adam yeah times two ninety August ninety one 
So he'll actually be 29 this August. So he's even a couple of years older than I thought. Yeah. But but to me, the McGuire Sosa that summer uh, was one of the last times that baseball drew a serious interest from people who didn't yeah. really watch baseball. Yep. I remember watching that you can, chase. You, yeah, you can call it tainted. I, I, I right. believe it was September 8th when he... I remember where I was. I, I believe that was the date when he I knew exactly. That. McGuire hit two home runs that day. I know exactly where I was, too. Yeah, I remember watching that with my dad and my parents' old house. And yeah, remember when he hit the first one, I was all pumped, and then, like, he I hit that out. bullet line drive. Was, I was like, to say, no. it wasn't a number 70. It was the one that was barely over the yeah. fence. The guy the hit Phil Mickelson yeah. bombs, and he hit number <laughs> yeah. 70. It was the shortest one he hit yeah. all year. I, But I just – he can call it tainted, whatever you want. The whole steroid thing, just – we could talk about that at some other point, but – it was still, to me, one of the last times baseball had drew an interest from people who didn't really watch baseball, yeah. but they knew what was going on with that. Yeah, so I, it was good for baseball. Yeah, I, I recorded it, and then I forgot. I I think I recorded it on like Thursday or something, but then I forgot it was even on. Yeah, and then I saw a bunch of people tweeting about Barry Bonds still Barry Bonds a Hall of Famer and everything, yeah. Yeah. and I was like, what are they talking? About? Like, what happened? And then I re- I remembered. The Sosa McGuire thing was on. Yeah. But, yeah, I, yeah, we can get in the steroids thing later because that's. I'm going to watch it I first did. before we get into it. Yeah. It, yeah. I, I think that's a. It, yeah, I, I heard that they made it. It wasn't as entertaining as they probably could have made it. It was very boring and just mundane. No, I don't, and, again, I haven't watched it, so I don't know if, if Sosa's in it. He's been very <laughs> difficult to interview over the last few years. But he's had a lot of changes. Just he just that. doesn't. He doesn't want to talk about it. He doesn't. He's gone full weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen him lately? He looks really, really white. Like, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's gone. I mean, not not to be funny. Touch on sensitive subjects yeah. now, but yeah, he's gone like full Michael Jackson. Where yeah, that's what I thought. Like bleached his skin, bleached his skin, and skin or something. Yeah. He yeah. looks more like a white person than a Dominican. It, yeah, he's. I don't know. Yeah, so I, I think I think, I think that made it hard. Right? Is this was between those two? That was a exciting time yeah. for the entire country at that point watching that and they can't get him to I don't know if he's the last time heard I saw him, about it like I don't, I don't know what the issue well, with it is the Cardinals have welcomed McGuire back as so they say I think he works on the staff doesn't he he's like a hitting coach he, no he's in the no, Dodgers yeah. he's in the Dodgers now but, yeah, he's, yep. but then they said Sosa's not he's kind of like blackballed by the by the Cubs for whatever reason but yeah. The other thing with Sosa on documentaries like this, I don't know if he speaks very good English. So I don't know how well that would translate, you know. Yeah, I, he's, that I don't he's yeah, from I don't, a Dominican. Yeah, the last time I saw him doing an interview, they brought up the whole like steroid thing and he got up and walked out. Yeah. He just doesn't want to talk about I guess it. Yes, I don't so. blame him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, back then I I I've always been a Pirates fan and the Cardinals and the Cubs are big rivals of theirs, but the Cardinals are more so the the hated team if you're a, excuse me the cubs are more of the hated team right. if you're a pirates fan so back then i was it sucked they were both rivals but i was definitely more team mcguire in that scenario yeah which i saw the other day that the guy who caught that ball huh. they offered him like nothing for the ball yeah, you could pretty it. much call it nothing it was signed jersey signed bat and there was something else it was something minimal yeah and his only request was he was going to give up the ball if he could meet McGuire? The rumor is McGuire said no. I don't. We don't know how true that is. They said McGuire said no. Now I find it hard to believe that the guy that just hit the seventieth home run, broke a record, is in that bad of a mood that he's not going to go meet the guy who just caught yeah. it. Yeah. 
So the, it didn't happen. He sold the ball for three million dollars. Yeah, like a week later. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Yeah, that's yeah, all. I mean, that said, that was his only request. Is he you, wanted to meet McGuire. You think about how mad, and and I, obviously we don't know who bought it. I guess, but think about how mad like Cooperstown is that they don't have yeah. that. The only, I I also recorded it and haven't watched it yet. I did see some, I don't know if I saw it online, of one video clip from that. And the guy that bought it is on there. And he has like, I don't know, I, I haven't watched. He has like hundreds of historic baseballs. He has like the first one McGuire hit that Wait, year. the guy that bought it? The guy that bought okay. it, yeah. He has like the first one McGuire hit that year and then like number 60 and number 70. And they showed him picking these up out of this case of like 100 baseballs. That, he looks yeah, like he had millions of dollars worth of baseballs. I need a couple of those in the cases in my house. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not so co-signing I'm, for that loan. <laughs> so I've, I've got a, I've got a like McGuire, I think it's a 62 home run, like gold plate, 24 karat gold plated like card. Yeah. I'll find it and I'll, I'll try to bring it to the house. It's in storage. That year that, that was going on, I pulled like an upper deck rare card out of a pack of cards it was a one card it was like metallic and it was split and it was mcguire and sosa oh yeah so, it was in a series i got it in like a i'm pretty sure my dad still has the wheaties boxes from that year really yeah i like to find that card it's probably not worth anything because neither one of those guys are in the hall of fame but somewhere i, I don't buy real people on wheaties boxes anymore what anybody on wheaties boxes anymore? <laughs> I I don't don't know. that's a good question i don't know turn us into a wheaties conversation <laughs> you guys got anything else I'm glad we got I, we got that. Well, we got to do the yeah. snake draft, don't we? We got to do that. But oh, yeah, we do. just one quick thing: Did you guys see the news about the PGA Championship? No. no. So the PGA champ, the governor of California, said that he will not allow fans at a sporting event until they have testing in California. So the PGA Tour is preparing for the PGA Championship at Harding Park in San Fran. With and without fans, because they have no idea like when testing is going to be available. Again, not to get political. The governor but of California is a moron. They have testing. Everybody so, has testing now. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, it's, that's what I was. That's thinking. a bunch of so, shit. So, so that that PJ Tour now has to prepare for a PJ Championship with and without fans, and that's in what August? It's two months away. You want to find out how much power he has? Tell the PJ Tour to, to threaten to move it. Yeah. And see what happens. Yeah. It, when the yeah. state and when the counties and the cities come back on him. Yeah, we'll find out how powerful it is. Because then he have something else. He extended a lockdown out there. And something happened, and then he kind of, like, rescinded it, like, two days later. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Because yeah. everyone else, obviously, has been fine. Obviously, we talked about it as podcast, a couple podcasts yeah. ago, that states are kind of, like, inviting. It's like, hey, yep, we're going to open up. Come on in, bring bring everything with Listen, you. Listen, life has it's, inherent risk. Yeah. And at this point, we haven't learned that that is the case. Then, yeah. so I thought it was interesting. He's stay home if you're worried about it. This is the tour championship, the FedEx Cup. No, the no, the, just the PGA championship. PGA championship, the major. That yeah, would have. Oh, okay, all right, never mind, never mind. I had a cool Wait, train. wasn't the PGA supposed to happen in New York this year? No, that's the U.S. US Open. U.S. Open was. U.S. Open. Okay. U.S. Opens at wing, at wing yeah, wing foot. PJ Championships at Harding Park in nah. San Fran. No, All right, let's do this draft. Kind of first pick since I had the worst results. Yeah, I don't even know who's playing this week. I have an idea, but. All right, I'm going to take. I'm going to take Jordan Spieth. Spieth. 
you guys can let him once he gets the last yeah, pick. Yeah, the last. That's true. Uh, I'm going to take uh, Xander Shoffley. Good pick, good pick. All right. Thank you. Thank I'm you. going Webb Simpson. Webb Simpson. i got to type him in. He's not on my list. So and Morikawa. Oh, man. He was going to be my next pick. Colin M. Okay. I can attempt more Um, My favorite golfer, Justin Thomas. JT. My last two picks, I'm going to go with Kevin Kisner. We're all big fans of Kisner, so. And I'm going to go with a dark horse, okay. Joel Damon. Whoa. Fuck okay. it. Joel Damon. I'm going to have to uh, Google him later. You know the guy who wears a bucket hat? I don't. It's Mr. Buckethead, man. <laughs> I don't even know him. He shot 58 during quarantine. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Now he knows. He just uh, didn't know he had a bucket hat on. Justin Rose played pretty solid last week, so I'm going to take him. That's a good pick. I'm going to take last year's U.S. Open champ, Woodland. Gary Wood. I like Woodland off the tee. Good short guy. short course. Accurate. One of the good guys on tour, too, I believe. I like Gary, man. All right, boys. Rock Chalk. Jayhawk. Why does he always end? What? Why does he always Gary end? Gary Woodland, Kansas. Oh. Oh, man. Right. I feel like he ends all these episodes with, like, Tourette's, but. <laughs> the Gary. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. There it is. See? Like. Just ruining a good moment. All right. <laughs> what what do you, we got about I'll say Woodland. Gary, Gary Woodland from, uh, oh, Jesus, Arizona, the term out there, Scottsdale. PGA Tour. Oh, waste, waste management. management. Yeah, waste management. With the little that girl. Video two years yeah. ago with a girl with Down syndrome who plays college golf when he brought her out to play the 17th hole in the practice She made round. par. Yeah. If you haven't seen that video, go look at it. good video. So. All right, boys, good episode. Good luck this weekend. Looking yeah. forward to getting out. And yeah, golf tourney. Playing some golf, smoking cigars, and. Probably drinking beer afterwards, so. Or some Trulies. Or some Trulies. <laughs> we'll just categorize them as a beer. <laughs> Later, boys. <laughs>